In a blue state that frequently prefers Republican governors, Phil Murphy wants to be the first Democratic incumbent since 1977 to win a second term. And Governor, this is your, your third appearance on the New Jersey Globe Power Hour, so welcome back. Honored to be back, David. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. And, and as you know better than anybody, uh, Election Day is 31 days away. Folks are voting right now. Uh, so you'll know if you're going to be unemployed next year. Uh, within the next month. Has, has updating your resume even occurred to you, or you, you feel good about your chances? Uh, listen, I, we don't take anything for granted, I promise you. So we're going to fight this thing uh, every step of the way. 31 days till the election, but only 21 days until in-person early voting for the first time in our state's history, which is pretty cool. Um, and that should, it should if, if, if we're like any other state that's done that, that should in, in, increase participation, which is always good. And you're confident that it's going to work? Yeah, I'm confident it'll work, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and I mean this. I don't care who folks vote for, but if this allows flexibility and latitude for more folks to vote, that's what this is all about. You know, a lot of America is closing democracy down, and I'm proud of the fact that we're opening it up. And polls will be open, I just want to make sure I have it right, from uh, October 23rd through, through yeah, Halloween. Through the, 30, through the 31st, correct. Nine straight days. Two weekends, which allows us to do our version of souls to the polls that a lot of other states have done really well. Then polls are closed for Monday the 1st to get ready for the 2nd, and then we're wide open on Election Day, November 2nd. And then that's it. Then that's it. Unlike some states, you can't vote after Election Day. You cannot vote after Election Day. Uh, we'll give you a number of days to count mail-in ballots. We're doing mail-in voting like, as we as we normally do, so vote by mail is back to the normal way. you got to request a ballot, uh, but that process is largely back to normal, and uh, looking forward to getting as many folks out to vote as possible. And so, Governor, in your debate this week, you said you were 100% committed to no tax increases over the next four years. Uh, but I want to, I just want to clarify, does that include uh, fees or licenses or tolls and fares? Yeah, I mean, I, on, on a thing like NJ Transit, we, we, we have to look at that as an annual basis, but we've had four years in a row of no increases in the Christie administration. They, they went up 36%. But I, but I mean it as a, as, a, as a real substantive matter. It's not the first time I've said it. The, the, the moderator asked me to make a pledge. I don't think I've been asked to make a pledge, but I have been asked before about t- uh, taxes, and I said, we're, I think the way I put it is we're done with taxes. And I'm listen, what we did – we did what we said we would do, is, which is if you're really wealthy or you're a big corporation, we've asked you to pay some more. But we've delivered overwhelmingly tax relief and affordability relief to the middle class and those who aspire to get into it. So uh, we've done what we said we were going to do. We feel very comfortable with the trajectory. We still have a lot of work, obviously, in the state digging out of what we we inherited. But I like the journey that we're on and the direction we're headed. And do you think you think utility bills will get higher as you come closer to your uh, implementing your your energy master plan? I hope not. I mean, the the, the, the ratepayer, the advocate for the ratepayer, is right center stage on all of the deliberations at the Board of Public Utilities. I think almost unlike any other American state. So it's it's not only imperative that we we have clean energy as fast and as responsibly as we can get it, but that we do it in a way that is not on the back of the of the ratepayer, on the consumer, on the resident of the state. I think I think given the trajectory and the reduction of costs for alternatives like offshore wind and solar, 
um, I'm confident that we'll be able to, you know, have and both, not just either or. I'm speaking with New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. And, and Governor, I mean, you hear it all the time. People from both parties, they say property taxes in New Jersey are, are too high. And in, in Middletown, where you live, do you think your own taxes are too high? You know, I, I'd rather forget about my lens. I, we, we promised we'd make the state more affordable, and we've been on that from day one, and we've made a lot of progress. So listen, on the narrow question of property taxes, which rightfully is one of the structural deficits and one of the big headaches that folks uh, that, that we inherited, one of the big he- headaches that folks live with, we've made progress. I mean, we've got you know we've all-time record public education funding. That matters from the state side because that's 53% of your property tax bill, homestead rebate, senior freeze. So we've thrown a lot at this, but more. And I, I know we're going to continue to do that, by the way, because we're not where we, where we need to be. But in, in terms of affordability. Uh, the broader question of affordability, we've made a, a ton of progress, and I want to make more. So college is more affordable. Uh, daycare is more affordable. Uh, income taxes for a working-class family are are better than they were uh, almost four years ago. Uh, Health care, et cetera. So that's progress we've made that we want to continue to make. And, and Governor, there's, there's – there was a lot of talk about Donald Trump in your debate. There's the, Donald Trump is front and center in two of your campaign ads, but but I'm not hearing a lot about President Joe Biden so far. If if New Jersey, well, how do you think Joe Biden is doing? How what, what's what's your view both globally and how he's impacting New Jersey? So on the Trump piece, before I get off of that, there may be a couple of different angles that you mentioned uh, that that is part of our campaign. But the biggest one is that my opponent willfully attended a Stop the Steal rally uh, with his name and photo on the invitation, standing there with the sign, Stop the Seal, Confederate flags, white supremacists, the same cocktail that led to the near-democratic, uh, I, I say with a small d, tragedy on January 6th with loss of life, including a, a police officer who was a native son of New Jersey. So I, I can't, we cannot ignore that. That, that to me, is at the level of disqualifying and I apologize for interrupting you, but, but he told me that he didn't know it was a stop to steal rally. Yeah, I, Do you believe I, I him? Or you, think, yeah, I, I don't. Listen, uh, it's one of two things. It's one of, like, you've got to be kidding me. When you look at the pictures, not his cropped out uh, uh, cut and paste picture, but the actual picture with him with the side, stop the steal sign and Confederate flags, it's beyond any amount of uh, credulity to think that, that that's what really happened. But with his name and photo on the flyer to invite, it's either incompetence uh, by him and his team or it is playing fast and loose with the truth. And in either case, it's disqualified to be governor of New Jersey. Um, in terms of President Biden, um, listen, he has already done a lot for us. Twelve counties with a major disaster declaration coming out of Ida, a lot of support. Uh, for the Gateway Project, a, a lot of the values that we're already, you know, a lot of programs that, that are underpinned by values that we're already uh, embracing and are on top of uh, in New Jersey. Um, the, the decision to end the war in Afghanistan, I think, is the right one. But, my God, what an awful, uh, messy, tragic, uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, and then more domestically, um, I just hope we get this infrastructure situation, the, the infrastructure bill resolved, because 
it's so much, whether it's the hard stuff, the hard assets, or the softer, more human stuff, we're doing almost all of it already in New Jersey. It would allow us to do it faster and at a bigger scale. And that that would be, a, a, you know, we, we're the most densely populated state in America with a dis, you know our own disproportionate share of legacy assets. Uh, that would be huge for us. I hope that, that that gets out of Congress and gets signed by the president and get that money on the street. And Governor, you you have consistently, and I've heard you, you know, dozens and dozens of times, you pay tribute to our veterans. But some veterans groups, like the the state VFW, say you won't meet with them. They say you didn't respond to an invitation to appear before their group, and they they want answers about. COVID-related deaths at state-run veterans' homes. What's what's going on with that? I, I, I'm not sure I'm aware of the invitation. I take them very seriously. In fact, I remember campaigning uh, with John Kerry four years ago uh, with um, either in a VFW post or with a lot of members of VFW. So uh, as it relates to the specific uh, invitation, I, I want to come back to that because we, we – we are with veterans all the time, including with veterans groups. Listen, the loss of, if it's about the loss of life in the veterans homes, it's a, it's a tragedy within the tragedy. Uh, I write down literally every single day when I get my COVID statistics, I write down the following three numbers, 64, 81, 11. And those numbers, thank God, have not moved uh, in a while, but there was a while when they were going up through the roof. And those are the losses of, of life at, uh, at Menlo Park, Paramus, Vineland uh, veterans' homes, respectively, um, and and it's it's as I said, it's the tragedy with, within the tragedy. Um, I'm ha- I'm happy to say uh, as a as a reaction to that, but so happy is not the right word. But I'm, I think it's notable that I've signed a package of bills uh, that will tighten the system uh, meaningfully uh, in terms of of leadership inspections protocols. Um, but again, this was early on for the most part. Uh, we got clobbered. Long-term care got clobbered. And sadly, our veterans' homes got clobbered within that. And it was a tragedy within the tragedy. But God bless our veterans. We've got 400,000 of them in this state. I pay honor to them all the time. And I have no issue ever meeting with veterans. And I'm speaking with Bill Murphy, the governor of New Jersey and a candidate for, for re-election this year. Governor, governor on, a, on another radio show this week, Jack Cittarelli declined to offer a definition of, of white privilege. So let me ask you the same question. How do you define white privilege? Yeah, I did not hear that interview. Someone's told me about it. I did not hear it. Listen, we're in year, David, if my math is right, 402 since slavery came to our shores in North America, and we're still digging out of that legacy. Um, and the, the the reality and the and the price that we have paid and continue to pay is unambiguous. Uh, it's why I support with great passion the Amistad Commission, which is in New Jersey committed to teaching the whole truth and nothing but the truth about slavery and its legacy in our country. And it's not a it's not just in the history books. It's what exists today. So let's all just accept that as a reality and do everything we can. And we've done a lot over the first three years, three and three quarters years. But there's still a long road still to travel, whether it's criminal justice reform or expungement or fund the way we fund public education that disproportionately 
puts resources to to work in black and brown communities, whatever it might be. Let's just stop arguing about what it's accepted. Make sure everybody, including generations to come, understand why it exists. And together, let's do the stuff that we know we need to do uh, to to make that, that that progress on that long road uh, toward equality and, and, and social justice. And, and Governor, the, the Star Ledger is, is, is I, I think you've seen reported last week that uh, pharmaceutical companies paid your opponent Jack Chitarelli over twelve million dollars to print in a in a medical journal that his company published that the risk of opioid abuse among patients with chronic pain was was very low. Your campaign called the report explosive. Was it? Are you disturbed by that? I'm very disturbed by it. I think anybody who looks at that should be disturbed by it. He gives you the impression when he says he's like a Main Street small businessman. I mean, among other things, that article told me, uh, with all due respect, uh, you were were making money from big opioid manufacturers. And if I understand it, most of it was in the state of Tennessee. So uh, enough already about the Main Street small businessman. But the worst part, is uh, if I if you believe the article is you're basically getting paid by the same folks who are who are dispensing opioids and 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 I I was extremely disturbed by that and I think we should anybody who reads it looks at it should be. And, and Governor Murphy, it's, it's, is it fair for Jack Chitterelli if if you're if you're talking about his business practices, is it fair for him to? Talk about deals that Goldman Sachs made when you were there. And one of the things he came back with is, well, well, Phil Murphy invested in a Chinese shoe manufacturer that paid people yeah. something like 20 cents an hour. Is that, is that, yeah. Yeah. Let, let, is let that me something tell you how fair? I react to that. Yeah. Let me, I'll tell you how I react to that, David. It's a good question. Um, it's very different when you're talking about a, a firm with 20 or 30,000 people. I had nothing. I, I don't even know what he's talking about. I had nothing to do with that. And he knows that he's trying to change the subject. This company that he had that, that made money off opioid manufacturers and gave people the advice they gave, uh, that's his company. That is literally his company. Founder, CEO, that's him. That's a decision he personally makes. He knows that that that's completely ludicrous to compare that to what Goldman Sachs may have done with twenty or thirty thousand people. Something I had nothing to do with. Um, I, I, I think that's incredibly offensive to, to anybody who was, particularly those who are impacted by by the whole scourge of opioids. And you know, as as I'm sure you know as, as well as anybody, Governor, social media can get it can get mean. It can get personal. How do you feel when when you you see tweets or you see Facebook posts where somebody questions your patriotism or or your faith? Yeah, I, it's it's a big reason, David, why I don't read. I don't spend a lot of time reading that stuff. Um, I, I I'm completely comfortable. I don't have listen in this line of business. You go into it with your eyes open. You know that people will take shots at you. Uh, I'm completely. I love my country. Um, and I know exactly how I feel about my country. Uh, I am a man of faith, uh, and that's my business, not anyone else's. But that doesn't bother me. The stuff that bothers me is when folks go after my family, and that that's out of bounds. And in, in fairness, I think the assemblyman agrees with that. And he had an ugly incident, as I recall, in the primary, and 
and uh, and he and his wife were right about that. And uh, I feel equally strongly that family is not part of the discussion. And and Governor, I don't I don't take sides very often, as you know, but I'm I'm with you and with Jack Chidorelli on that 100. percent I mean, it is yep. family ought to be off bounds all the time, uh, not just in campaigns, but for the media too. So so I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh, yep. I want to ask you. I want to ask you the final question before you know our time runs out. That, as you know, the New Jersey Globe sponsoring the lieutenant governor's debate on Tuesday night. I will, for better or for worse, I'll be moderating. And the LG's race. I wish you well. Oh, thank you, thank you. It, it, this race for lieutenant governor, it's it's gotten practically no attention at all. Why is it important for New Jerseyans to watch this debate? Oh, it's incredibly important because the lieutenant governor could be governor uh, in a heartbeat. Um, and, and folks have to look at that debate through that lens. Uh, and one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life was to select Sheila Oliver as my lieutenant governor and partner in government. Um, and she's done an extraordinary job. And as, as you know, in New Jersey, the lieutenant governor is required to have a, a second hat. So she's run the Department of Community Affairs, which is one of our biggest and most consequential uh, so that's the reason why folks have to pay attention. It isn't just that because you're the moderator, David, although I'm sure people will tune in for that as well. Um, oh, thank you. And I have to say, I, I, I haven't said this a lot, but I, I've been somewhat taken aback and disappointed by some of the stuff that Diane Allen has said since she was selected for the very simple reason I always associated her with being a pretty moderate uh, member of the Republican caucus. In fact, I signed a bill that had her name on it. Uh, so I've been a little bit taken back by some of the sort of deep right-wing sort of Trump stuff that she's been saying. So this is it should be interesting. And again, I, I can't tell you how much, uh, how highly I think of Sheila, and obviously wish her well on Tuesday, and wish wish you as well as the moderator. Okay, thank you, thank you so much. And and I I think it'd be interesting, and it's important to point out. I mean, if you, if you do nothing else than look across the Hudson River into New York, lieutenant governors, yeah, could become governors someday. Yeah. David, that's exactly why I was, I was going to make that point. It happens, and it happens with more frequency than people understand. The lieutenant governor in Rhode Island uh, is the governor uh, based on a, a move that was you know, the, the governor made six or eight months ago. That It happens. I'm not planning on going anywhere, uh, but as my, my old man used to remind me, man proposes, but God disposes. So you got to wake up every day and, and uh, thank your lucky stars and say a prayer that you, you're, you're there, you're alive, and you're moving forward. But folks, taking this debate and taking the race and, and the com- contrast for lieutenant governor is smart. People need to pay attention. And New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, thank you, as always, for joining me today. David, thanks for having me. Good luck thank- on Tuesday. Thank you. Uh, and I'll be right back with Emmy Award winning TV host Steve Adubato to talk more about New Jersey politics. So please just stay right where you are. This is David Wildstein, and you are listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC.